I'm Savannah. I'm Delaney. And this is the Crime Chronicles. Woo woo! <laughs> Alright, so we're finally <laughs> we're gonna be back on schedule. Definit we're, oh. we're trying so hard. We're really we're really working for the it. The good thing is but... this is the last week of school. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be the summer. Monday that, yeah, that we we at least start summer break, so and yes, we're busy over summer, but hopefully because we don't have other stuff from school, it should be a little bit better. Hopefully. Um, we say that every time. Yeah. Then, yeah. No. Yeah. You guys are the best for being patient with us, though. So. Yes. You know, we just we just release sometimes. And, you know. and you're here <coughs> for you're... the ride. Exactly. Yeah. My voice just, like, broke. So we don't have a ton of updates right now. Um, nope. So I'm going to try to get back on the Instagram a lot more, and we'll be posting more frequently. Yep. Um, with story interactions and also posts and everything. And then Delaney's been running the TikTok, and if you haven't followed our TikTok, you should go follow it. It's crime.chroniclesofficial on I TikTok. I think. Yeah. Let me look. Um, and our TikTok community is so nice. Like, they're, like, so fun and everything, so. <laughs> the TikToks started playing. But. Yes, crime.chroniclesofficial. And then our Instagram is crimechroniclesofficial. So, go yeah. follow us on all the socials and everything. Maybe we'll make a Twitter or something. Maybe. Yeah. Except knowing us, we would, like, make it and then forget about it. It's true. So. We'll see. Just let us know. So. Yeah. We don't have... <laughs> Savannah, like, caressed this book that's sitting next to us just now, and I couldn't not react to it, but then I realized I was being recorded, so I was like, I guess I have to explain that now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyways. As you can tell, we're a little bit We're fried. Practice. Yeah. We're a little rusty. It's okay. But it's okay. So, we don't have, like, anything in the way of true crime updates, so I think we're just gonna Jump get right into in. it today. Yeah, so I have today a two-parter. Um, the two-parter should be, like, the second part of it should be out soon. Probably a week. It's from. a hefty case. Yeah, it's, um, so it's the case of Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker, um, which... I thought that I knew a lot about before researching this case, but it's I whack. did not. It has so many aspects to it that I wasn't aware of. I know, like, probably surface level details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I but... did not know a ton about this, so I'd also like to provide a trigger warning just because a lot of the stuff that I went over I wasn't prepared for. So, um, a trigger warning for child involvement that's both sexual and not sexual. Um, sexual assault. And detailed violence to body, overall violence, and also abuse. So. The works. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Yeah. He <laughs> was a fucked up dude. Yeah. So. And even involving him in childhood, too. So. Yep. So we'll cover um, his childhood and, like, adolescence, and then we're going to cover half of the murders. Or, like, cases, assaults yep. that happened. Including, like, survival stories and everything. And then next episode, we'll go over the rest of the murders and then, like, arrest and trial and everything like that. So I'm excited. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a hook. Oh, so, love. On August 31st, 1985, two men in East Los Angeles were talking by a newspaper stand. A tall, gangly man stopped by and picked up a paper that was on the counter. According to the two men, the man's own face was printed on the front cover under the words that labeled him as the Night Stalker Killer of Los Angeles who had murdered more than a dozen people in the area. He dropped the paper and ran, only to be pursued by helicopters, cars, and even civilians who wanted to catch one of the most te- terrifying killers of the 1980s. Damn. So. Which is a fun little, like, 
chase yeah. sequence. So yeah, we'll cover that. Hollywood, like, Lord. <laughs> so yeah, we'll cover that more in the second episode. If I'm right, isn't this case very similar to that one Criminal Minds episode where it has to do with the rolling blackouts and then that guy breaks into people's houses? Do you know what Oh, uh, I think so, about? yeah. Kind because of, Because yeah. I feel like they very much, like, took inspiration from, from Richard Ramirez. Well, there's definitely, if you can tell, we're huge criminals again. <laughs> um, but a lot of their episodes are based off of real yeah. cases that have happened. Okay, that's what I thought. Just clarifying. Alright. So, we're going to start in childhood. Uh, Richard Ramirez was originally born as Ricardo Levia Munoz Ramirez. I apologize if I totally messed that up. Um, he was born on February 29th, 1960 in El Paso, Texas. His parents were Mercedes and Julian Ramirez. Um, they were both Mexican immigrants, but Mercedes, his mom, was born in Colorado. Hmm. So, she had, like, U.S. citizenship so they could live in uh, the United States. So he was one of five children. I'm pretty sure he was the youngest. Um, his siblings were Robert, Joseph, Reuben, and Ruth. Reuben. Reuben, yeah. So they all Anyways. had... The funny thing is they all had our names except Joseph. <laughs> they just threw him in there for fun. Yeah. So they I was said, like, this is getting too consistent. Joseph. <laughs> I know, they all have our what? names, which I just kind of thought was funny. Um, so this is an interesting thing that I found in a couple sources, and I'm not totally have a ton of information on it. So, his mother worked in a factory um, when she was at least pregnant with uh, Richard, but probably the other ones as yeah. well. Um, and so, she was supposedly exposed to toxic chemi- chemicals, and all of his siblings had birth defects. Oh, damn. According to a couple sources. So, that's interesting. And I wasn't sure, from the range of stuff that they said for the siblings, it was more like respiratory problems and like bone yeah, diseases. Yeah, sure. And Richard also had problems, but not necessarily in the same vein as those. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. Like, he didn't have, like, you know, a bad lung problem or anything yeah. like that. So, his father, he grew up in an abusive home. His mm. father also grew up in an abusive home. Generational so, like, trauma. Mm-hmm. It was very much like it ran in the family. Yeah. So, his grandfather was abusive, and then his father was abusive. So, there's multiple instances of beatings, and one time he claimed that he was... Tied to a crucifix as punishment. Holy shit. Which I'm like, whoa, that is not, like, a timeout. That is... And in what way? Because if, like... Like, I don't know how to... (laughs) Hold on, I'm trying to figure out... Think about that. (laughs) Because, like, if he was tied to it with just, like, hands behind the back, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you're actually tied to a crucifix, like, up here... Well, that's that's not just painful, that's but that's to kill, kill you. you. Yeah. yeah. Which, Holy shit. And of course, like, everything he says we kind of have to take with a grain of salt. Yeah, he because he's... It later. Um, he's whacked. if you guys don't know, Richard Ramirez is kind of one of the more famous, like, Satanist killers. Which, like, there's never been a proved instance of, like, a Satanist cult killing, but so you kind of have to take weigh whether or not that's real. Because a lot of the times people can blame it and, like, oh, Satan told me to. But no, you're just so, a dick. Like, so he might have just been saying like, "Oh, that's how I like came to like resent religion or something like that." Yeah. Um. So but it's all, if it did happen, that's really that's fucked up. <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah. So as he got older, like when he was more of like a teenager, he slept in a nearby graveyard to like stay away from his father. Oh. He'd just go sleep like outside with the, the dead bodies. Yeah, which is like okay. Oh, that's yeah. something. 
So he did have some health problems as a child um, when he was, I mean, this is kind of also just injuries. So when he was two years old, a large dresser fell directly onto his forehead. Oh. Which was like a large injury that, you know, had to have a lot of stitches. Um, and a lot of the yeah, times that can killers, fuck you like, up. Yeah. That a lot of the times in up. killers you can find, you know. Head trauma head in their trauma. past. Uh-huh. I think up. that that's so interesting, like, the fact that there's so many cases with that, mm-hmm. because it's, like, the brain is so complex that we don't know everything. Well, because obviously, like, having head trauma doesn't automatically make you a serial killer, and just because you're a serial killer doesn't automatically mean you have head trauma, but there is a strong correlation there. Yeah. Um, especially, like, when it was in childhood. I think that's really interesting. hmm um, I know so, someone who got hit on the head by a wardrobe. Hope they don't turn out to be a serial killer. <laughs> Let's cross our fingers for that. <laughs> so then when he was five years old, he had another head injury. Um, he was knocked unconscious by a swing. Oh! Which is, like, terrible. Wow. <laughs> um, also, like, swings aren't too... <laughs> like, does someone, like, hit him in the head? With yeah, the... I'm not sure. Or did, like, a child come flying into him while on the swing? That might have, that might be more, that might make more like, sense. If he was, like, walking and they were going up and the kid, like, on the swing hit him, that makes Yeah, that makes sense. more sense. Because swings aren't that heavy, unless it's, like, a <laughs> no. metal swing, I don't unless know. Unless it's, like, or, like, one of those plastic baby ones and someone <laughs> took it, like, <laughs> yeah, totally. his head. Plowed him with it, Yeah. Yeah. So after he was knocked unconscious by the swing at five years old, he started experiencing epileptic fits. Oh. So he um, developed epilepsy. So even more brain. He just had a lot of issues, like, pretty young. Yeah. A lot of the, like, you know, brain stuff. So now we're going to get into an aspect of this that I had no, no idea this was, this even existed. So we're going to talk about Richard's cousin, Mike. Oh. Oh, the way you said that, I didn't like that. Uh Uh-huh. So, we're gonna fast forward a little bit to when Richard's 12 years old. So, his cousin, Miguel Mike Ramirez. Miguel. Miguel. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot pronounce it. Miguel! Returned from fighting in the Vietnam War. Okay. So, he had a ton of war stories, and he had four medals and was considered a hero. Oh, wow. So, like, he was, he came back, like, fully decorated and everything. But also means he saw some serious shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but Richard really looked up to him because he was, like, a big role model in Mm -hmm. his life. Um, but Mike was not as heroic as he might have seemed. Uh, Uh, he took out, you know how I kind of talked about how anger runs in the family here? Yep. Very much happened here as well. So he took out his anger on opponents in his, in war because he was like, if it's my duty, I might as well go for it, you know? Oh. So he had extremely violent tendencies and brutalized a lot of people. So, he had a collection of Polaroids that he took as he mutilated prisoners of war <gasps> and raped and killed women in Vietnam, including beheading them. Holy shit. Yeah. So, it was not just like a, you know, I had to do what I had to do. It was like, oh my God. he made a choice to do that. Uh, uh. <laughs> Delaney's face is shocked. I'm speechless. <laughs> and he still was decorated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I hate the military. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like that. So, he had, like, totally, like, he was totally fine yeah. with raping the women in Vietnam, and he would, like, behead them, and he had pictures of all of it. 
Damn. He also said that he had eight shrunken heads that he would use uh-uh. as pillows while he was there. Is what he said. Uh-uh. Which is uh-uh. like... Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, thank you. So a lot of the you. times he said that those shrunken heads would be of the women he raped and killed. Which is like... Jesus. Fucking insane. So I saw from one Jesus. source, and I'm not 100% sure on this, so this could be incorrect, but someone said that he had 29 confirmed murders. Oh, While wow. he was there. But that also is kind of give or take. Yeah. But that's still a lot of people. Um, Dude. And... This family. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Already. Um, so since Richard looked up to him, uh, Mike decided he'd show all these pictures to Richard when he was 12 years old. Because that's a really good idea, obviously. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Because that's a really good idea to show a developing a 12-year-old all of that. Yep. Definitely. So, Mike showed him these photos, um, and Richard became aroused by these photos. Oh! oh! And the stories that Mike would tell him. So, he began to associate sexual arousal with the type of violence that Mike had showed him. Because he's also 12, so he's, like, developing these associations. Yeah. As he's growing up through adolescence. Which is another thing that you see in a lot of, like... Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily causation, but again, like we were saying earlier, correlation between, like... Like intense, hardcore, like, pornography or, like... Well, we talked about that with Ted Bundy, because yep. he found stuff like that really young, so it's... And then he developed those associations as well. Mm-hmm. Which so, is... like, being exposed to that really early wild. is not yeah. good. No. Clearly. Not at all. And combined with his clear, like, head issues as well, that... Yeah, no, <laughs> he's not just, a like, good... being set up to be oh, yeah. fucked. If not, like, if... Obviously, we know he ends up being a serial killer. But ha- even if he hadn't been, he w- still would have been fucked up in other ways. Uh-huh. Well, because it's a bad situation for a kid to be in. Yeah. Like, with the multiple different variables he has to this Oh, my God. Well. Like, and his family was totally just like, yeah, this is This is, this cousin, is normal. This is cousin Mike. He can... And he was, like, also in an abusive household, had the head yep. injuries. It was all just, like... Let's go up. hang out with Cousin Mike, uh-huh. where he can show you his Polaroids. Mm-hmm. Yep, Just we're gonna do that. All, adding all of the variables up. Ugh. Um, oh my god. So, Richard and Mike began, like, got really close. Yeah. Um, and they, like, hung out a lot. That's was kind of really weird. weird How uncle, old is Mike? He, oh, I'm not 100% sure, He's but he was- older than 18. He was, he was 20s to 30s. Oh, Which is like, alright. <laughs> I have, like, I have older cousins, but it's not like I'm hanging out with them. Well, he also, like, like, they really like to smoke weed together a lot. That's it's weird. It's also, you're 12. You're so. 12 and that's, like, a 20, 30-year-old. Yeah. So they, like, would just Like, I definitely have cousins who are in their late 20s, early 30s, but we don't go smoke weed together. <laughs> yeah, I would hope not. Like, what? So, yeah, they, like, go, they would go drive around in Mike's car and just, like, smoke weed and talk about the war and stuff that he had seen. Oh, my God. Which is, like, not... Everything you're telling me makes me terrified for what's about to come later. Oh, yeah. It's not good. And there's oh. more, too. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> scratching the surface. So, this was a quote from Mike that, according to Richard, he said to him one time. Mm-hmm. So, quote, Having power over life and death was a high, an incredible rush. I felt godlike. I controlled who lived and who died. I was God. So, that was clearly, like, Richard was like, oh, that's a thing that I should want. Holy shit. Like, instantly. Especially when you're developing at that age. Because, like, 12 is, like, when you're going through all these changes and you're growing up a little bit. So it's, like, 
Well, you, especially, do, you start to be like, oh, this is something that I, like, that's good. Especially for younger boys mm-hmm. in, like... Like you said with the photos where he started to make those associations because that's what he's going through right now and he isn't able to differentiate between that yet. Mm -hmm. And so when he's shown that at the same time all these things are happening. Yeah. Oh my god. So. Um, and then another thing that Mike taught him was jungle warfare. What? So he, they would go around and he'd teach him how to break into homes. He'd be like, you know, this is how you get in without anyone noticing you. This is, you have to do it at night. This is how you have to dress. All this stuff. So he'd start, like, telling him, this is how you do this. <laughs> oh my um, god! He also started to teach him how to kill people quietly. Or, like, under wraps. He was like, this is how you do this. Um, and he also tried to instill the belief in him that it was, like, the society was rich versus poor. And they were poor and the rich were bad. So he was like... You have to do what you have to do to... I took a video of my reaction so we could post it later. <laughs> oh my god. So he was like, the rich are bad people. Yeah. We're poor. So he's like, fuck the rich. Like, you can do whatever you want with them. It doesn't That's matter. That's wild. And it's like, you know, maybe they did come from like a lower income household and stuff, but that also doesn't well, mean you can go and kill other people. <laughs> no, it's like, there's a difference between being like... They have more money than us, and, like, I'm angry at that. I mean, like, they aren't human. They deserve like, what they deserve is coming that. to them. Yeah. yeah. That's... Oh, Jesus. So that was the first part of Cousin Mike. Now we have more. Are you ready? There's more? No. Yes. So, Mike was married to a woman named Jessie. Oh, I think they God. got married when he came back, but it, it also might have been before. Because I'm not 100% sure I'm how old he was. actually so scared right now. <laughs> so they had two sons together. And they were pretty young, like, not at all near Richard's age or anything. So, after the war, Mike did not completely readjust to civilian life, as you might have guessed. Oh, I'm sure not. the descriptions of him. Um, And he was totally fixated on his time in Vietnam. Sounds like it, if he's showing his 12-year-old cousin that. Jesus. It's like, you're the only person who will listen, that'll do. Yeah. Um, And he was really, really against having a job. Like, he really didn't want to get a job. Okay. Um... So, him and Jesse were arguing a lot about him not having a job, and I think she did have a job, and he wasn't necessarily too happy with that. Okay, sir. Well, um, you're not gonna work. Right? What do you- Exactly. How do you think- What? He was just- Yeah. Um, so they had a lot of arguments relating to, like, money and employment and a lot of that stuff. And a lot of the times they'd have arguments about how it was weird that Mike was hanging out with Richard so much, which is mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Jesse would be like, stop hanging boy. out with your 12-year-old cousin. Like, that's fucking weird. And he'd be like, he's my best friend. <laughs> She's like, stop. What the fuck? So, I would have left his ass. So yeah, there would have been like multiple, there's multiple arguments. So tensions are high, essentially. Yeah. So Richard went to visit Mike at his apartment one day while they were fighting. Um, and they were all in the kitchen, and, uh, because I think Richard and Mike had gone in the kitchen, and they were talking, and mm-hmm. then Jesse came in, and they had a fight. Oh, wonderful. So all of a sudden, in this kitchen, Mike pulled out a gun, <gasps> put it directly to his wife's head, and shot her. Oh my god! His children were in the next room. He had children! Did you hear me say that? No. Yes, I said that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, he... Immediately, like, it instantly killed her in front oh of God. Richard and, and his two kids. other kids. 
So he, oh my Mike God. was completely calm about it, and he goes, he told Richard to go home and tell nobody what happened. He <gasps> said, don't say a thing about it. Oh, shit. And Richard was like, okay. <laughs> Dude. So Richard went home, ate dinner with his family, didn't mention anything, acted like everything was totally normal. Oh, my God. And his uncle had just murdered his wife in front of him. Oh, my God. And that was, like, the first time he had seen somebody get murdered, because, you know, that's not yeah. a normal thing to see. Um, but it's also not the first time that he's been exposed to violence. Yes. So. Oh my god. Mike was eventually arrested and tried for his wife's murder. Thank god. Um, but unfortunately he had a lot of influence because he was a war hero. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of pity that was taken on him because of how many medals he had and how much respect he had. Um, Even though he raped and murdered women in Vietnam. Oh, but that doesn't, we don't But that doesn't matter. Yeah. That's under wraps. Mm -hmm. So he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. He is not an ins- Oh my god. (laughs) So he was committed to a mental institution for four years before being allowed to resume normal life. Four. Yeah. (laughs) And then they were were like, well, you're good now. For murdering his wife in front of three children. Oh yeah. Four years. <gasps> yeah. I hate the justice system sometimes. Mm-hmm. I hate it a lot. Oh my god, we're not even to Richard Ramirez yet. <laughs> no, this is just background. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Richard and his father returned to the apartment after he kind of got arrested to, like, collect family items and kind of go through everything. Um... And I think they might have also been there to clean. I'm not 100% sure, but they they went over to the apartment. Yeah. So Jesse's body was no longer there, um, but there was a lot of blood from where she had been I'm shot sure. that was still there. So, ugh, I hate this part. So Richard later said that seeing where she had died and smelling the dried blood turned him on. Oh my god! <laughs> he described it as a, quote, tingly feeling. <laughs> it's his face right now. So he he decided he was like he was like oh, I'm kind of like I like this, and it's like, no that's and he's like twelve. Mm-hmm. Oh, this my was oh God. he had been he was thirteen by this point. So. Okay, thirteen <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. Oh my God. Yeah, so he was thirteen oh, by this point, and he was my like, God. decided that this was. This is yeah. gonna be rough. I can already feel yeah. it in my soul. Alright, so that was Cousin Mike. Oh, God. And we're still, we still have background. I have a lot of background for this case. Oh, Lord. Okay. So as he kind of was growing up to be a teen and like an early adult, he became increasingly interested with Satanism and began to experiment further with drugs. And he mm. kind of dropped, like, Christian religion. Yeah. Because I think his family was either Christian or Catholic, and he was like, he totally removed himself. He was like, nah, that. bitch. No. So he dropped out of high school, I think, in the ninth grade. Damn! Um, yeah, which is, like, not even, like, a... Damn! He was not into high school, so he no. dropped out really quickly. So, I I only saw this at a couple of sources, and so I'm not 100% sure on this one either. Um, but supposedly when he was a teenager, he worked at a hotel. Oh! Um, like, that was one of his first jobs. Yeah. And so he would spy on guests because he had room keys, and sometimes ew, he would break, ew, ew, ew. like, break into their rooms and try to do things specifically with women. Ew. So, and I, I'm, I only saw that in a couple places. So I, I don't, don't like, entirely I doubt it, though. Yeah, so I didn't see any, become. like, records for that officially, but, you know. 
So he was first arrested in 1977 for marijuana possession. Um, and then when he was 22, he moved away from his home and family in Texas to California. So he was a heavily addicted addicted to cocaine at this point. That nope. was like his drug of choice. Kind of a skip for marijuana, but... Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> no, because we were like, he did some weed, uh-huh. and now he's addicted to coke. Yeah. Well, he, he had kind of experimented with drugs, and then he, like, cocaine Loved was... coke. Yeah, that was, was like, his... Ah, yes. That was his thing. That's my shit um, right there. <laughs> he, he was into coke. Help. So, <laughs> so he began burglarizing homes a lot of the times to, like, help pay for his addiction. Yeah. Um, and he was arrested twice for auto theft while he was living in California. He's um, just having a great life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Doing a lot of, the best. A lot of, lot of stuff. Um, and the burglaries slowly progressed, but he was, like, he was doing them a lot. Yeah. Like, he was stealing quite a bit. I'm sure. All right. So, now we're going to get into the murders, and I think I'm covering ten. Oh. And that's roughly half. That's, like, half? Yeah. So. Damn. Okay. Let's drop it in. So, this was all from a period of 1984 to 1985, roughly. Okay. Um, and that's all, like, confirmed stuff. That's not that much time. No, that's... it was it was really, really short. That's um, crazy. Well, you'll kind of see how, like, his escalation went really quickly. Oh, I'm sure. all of this. So, his first originally confirmed murder happened on June 28th, 1984. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, set enough the... All right. Prepping. Okay. <laughs> so, 79-year-old Jenny Vincow... 79? Yeah. ...was alone in the apartment she shared with her son in Los Angeles, and she was sleeping because it was at night. So, just to kind of spotlight on her a little bit, she had lived in Brooklyn, New York until 1981. Um, she lived with her other son originally in New York, who suffered from mental issues. I'm not totally sure which ones. Hmm. Um, which... And during a later trial, the defense seemed to, like, be fixed on the idea that her mentally disturbed son, Manny, had committed the murder. And I found what? through a lot of the trial, that was one of the defense's main things. Yeah. Was, like, someone else did close to them thing. did it. Yeah. Specifically, like, family members. Huh. So that seemed to be, like, a big theme. That's Which I thought was interesting. Because, like, I feel like when he's there for multiple, like, on trial for multiple murders, it's harder to... Like if it was one, that if makes it was more one, sense that makes to be the approach. Sense, but a lot of the times with bigger serial killer cases, it's more like a he like not guilty by reason of insanity. Yeah, stuff. that but for surprises this, me. For this one, it was really just like a, other huh. people did it. Um, but specifically with this case as well, probably did not work that well for them. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about that, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. So Richard snuck in the house through the window, um, uh, and he uh, had planned. Uh, 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 <laughs> I hate one of my like deepest fears is like home invasion so this one's good same it's gonna it's gonna be really bad yeah yeah i knew i knew he was a home invader and i had to brace myself for that Uh okay so he had planned to rob her again because that's just kind of what he was because he needed to pay for his coke obviously yeah um so she did not own many valuables um so he was kind of expecting it to be old lady living with her son so he kind of expected it to be more so he was he got really angry because there was not as much stuff to steal so, um, Richard found her sleeping in her bed and stabbed her repeatedly and slashed her throat so deeply that she was almost decapitated. As well as sexually assaulted her. Oh my god. So. Which is, it, all of a sudden, oh, all of a Jesus. sudden, 
You know, like, it was just like a normal, it was... normal burglary, and then all of a sudden he had... And he got mad that she didn't have the things he thought she had. And, like, total, like, brutalization. Oh, my God. Not just, like, a... Especially for that to be the first confirmed, that's... Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, according to her son Jack's witness statements, um, he returned, I think, the next day, or, like, that morning. Mm-hmm. To his house because he had left for, you know, the night or whatever. Um, and he went into the living room and saw that, quote, everything was thrown around on the floor. When he went into his mother's bedroom, he, quote, found his mother's dead body on the bed and he attempted to shake her awake. Um, oh, no. Which I feel terrible because, like, they lived together. Like, that was, yeah. like, they obviously were really close and, like. That was their home. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't just her home being broken into, but his, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, he realized she was dead and called to the apartment manager. My mother's been murdered. Call the police. Oh, my God. So, Uh, yeah. Don't, like... So, this is... Especially for him to start with that. Like, normally when you see escalations, it's not that... Like... Well, the thing is, is there's even more escalation from that. Oh, Jesus. It's like... Christ. It's crazy that he started off like that. Yeah. But it gets even worse. like, even with, like, people like... Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. they started out a lot smaller, and then the more, like, murders they commit, they don't get as much satisfaction from what they originally did, which is why rapid escalation occurs, but for something to start out that intensely. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna add another factor to this that might, get, may, might make it more confusing. Uh-oh. So this case, he was never officially charged for, I'm pretty sure, but it was connected to him in 2009. Okay. Through DNA. Um, and it was actually, if it was him, it was before Jenny Bincow. The very okay. first one. So I wanted to cover it after her, but... But, like, this is one that So this was. wasn't part of the original trials, but this was, you know, since it was connected, this was the first one, Okay. Just, um, like, not officially. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this is the trigger warning for the child and everything, oh, just so Jesus. everybody knows. Okay. Um, because, yeah. So, nine-year-old May Young had been walking home with her eight-year-old brother on April 10th, 1984. So they lived in a residential hotel, I think, Um, and she had lost a dollar bill and separated from her brother to go look for it. Oh, no. So she, you know, lost her money and she, like, went off a little bit. So Richard approached her and led her into the basement of the building. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Where he sexually assaulted her and killed her. So her body was found, I think, a couple days later, um, hanging by a blouse that was tied to the pipe in the basement, which is, like, so messed up. He hung her? Mm-hmm. Oh, my That's not how she died, but, but that's, that's where that's her- what Yeah. He... Yeah. I think from what it said, she was stabbed, something like that. Oh, so my similar God. to Jenny Vincow, but that was, if, you know, according to the DNA analysis, that was him, and that was that his was first, first one. Ted Bundy didn't, like, for, just for reference, for people who might not know as much about, like, escalations within true crime, normally, like, when you see child victims, if it's not, like, a specifically child offense Mm -hmm. or offender, like, when you see that, generally it's towards the end of the escalation. Well, like, Ted Bundy killed a nine-year-old, but that wasn't until, like, the very, very end. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's for a lot of times, like, the, there's still some 
like, part of them that's, like, that's a child. Yeah. Well, because... Child offenders do the worst in prison. Like, the worst in prison. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. Um, so, the weird thing about him is he doesn't have a specific type, it seems, or age range, which is really odd. Oh. Because, um, from what I know, Mei Leung, who was nine, was the youngest. But the Hmm. oldest is up in the 80s. 80s, yeah. So it's like, and it was all over the board. Like, totally just... Because with the older people, it makes sense, because, like, burglaries and stuff. Yeah. But it ranged from, like, 20-year-old women to, you know, like, 80-year-old men. Like, it was no, no specific. And I guess, like, with, with the burglaries, I could see how there might be less of a type. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, him going into homes and getting... Well, it's not as calculated. Set yeah. off, so it's not as, like... Victim central. Yeah. Um, but with May... It wasn't. That was a victim of opportunity. So, like, mm-hmm. why... Why? Mm-hmm. That's the weirdest thing about him, is there's no pattern to it. I don't like that either, because it's, like, <laughs> with, like, there's almost a sort of comfort in, like, serial killers that have a type. Yeah. Because maybe there's something you can use to explain it. Mm-hmm. But with that, it you just can't. It's yeah. just an awful thing that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. You know, we were just talking about, like, escalation and how quickly he went. But all of a sudden, there's a nine-month period where he doesn't do anything. What? <laughs> what? So, <laughs> assuming that he had killed, um, May before Jenny Vincow is only, like, a three-month difference. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's nine months. That's weird. So now it's 1985. Because well, if it were true ex- escalation, it would be, like, three months to one. Yeah, yeah. It's and then weeks closer, and closer. then days. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be three months. Nine months! Yeah. Like, a really, a really weird... He didn't go to prison or anything? Not that I'm aware of. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, this is March 17th, 1985 now. Okay. So, 22-year-old Maria Hernandez and her 34-year-old roommate, Dale Okazaki, were living in a condo in L.A. So, Dale Okazaki was one of three children from a close family in Hawaii... The night she died, she had been at her parents' house talking about her boyfriend and her uh, close promotion that was coming up. Um, and then I wanted to include this quote from her sister. She said, It just made her happy to make other people happy. Aww. Whatever she bought, she shared. When she went to the zoo, she brought ev- she bought everyone panda pins. Which was like, that's, that's so, so sweet. When she bought a gi- gigantic bag of popcorn on sale, she divided it into 20 small containers to give it to friends. That's so sweet. It's like heartbreaking because she oh just seems God. like such a she genuinely seems like caring such a nice person. person. Mm-hmm. So Maria Hernandez arrived home at night and found a man in all black in her garage. Uh uh-uh! uh! No, thank you! <laughs> yeah. No, thank you! Which is like. We were literally just talking on the way home from like finals. We were talking about how like when, like, there's a man at your house and you don't know why they're there, it's, like, freaky. Mm-hmm. Like, I had someone knock on my door the other day. I didn't even open the door and I was like, Dad, is there someone <laughs> supposed to be here? Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine. Well, because the thing is, I he's also dressed in, in all, black. all black. And, like, he was a freaky looking guy. Yeah, like, I've seen photos. I don't... <laughs> well, an interesting thing, I'll talk about this now, is um, he had really poor hygiene, but specifically oral hygiene, and that became a big thing later. Um, so multiple witnesses were like, his teeth were fucked. 
Which also that's, makes it scary. Yeah. Like, his, people were... I, there's a photo of him that gives me chills every time. Oh, like, I think I've seen that photo, too. And it's, like, there, multiple witnesses were, like, his teeth were fucked up. Like, you know, and it's, it's like, a creepy they image. They put that detail into that Criminal Minds episode. Did you notice that? There we go. Everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she had gotten in, and then when she got out of her car, car she saw the man. Um, and he had a gun and aimed it at her. And she had just gone out of her car, and so she put her hands in front of her head, and she had keys in her hand. Oh. And the bullet deflected off of the keys in her hand, which oh. is, like, oh my God. a one in a million thing to happen. So it, they, like, bounced right off of yeah. the keys and, like, ricocheted around the garage. But since it was the impact of a bullet, she still fell down. Yeah. So he thought that he had got her. He had got her. She so was shot. she, like, fell down to the ground, and he ran into the house. Um... Inside, Dale Okazaki had just heard a gunshot go off in her own garage. Oh, Jesus So, Christ. and she, like, could kind of tell that something was up, so she had run to hide behind a counter. Um, and she was, like, sitting behind there because she was scared as hell. Yeah, obviously. I would be too. Um, and so, this is so fucked up. He waited until she raised her head above the counter to, like, check her surroundings and then shot her directly in the head. Which is, like, that so, like, fucked emotionally wrong. That's... Because it's not like he just, like, went around. It was like he waited he until waited. he, like, she thought she was safe. Oh my god. Which is so fucked up. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Ugh. I, I hate him. I hate <laughs> him so much. Yeah. So, Maria Hernandez got up from the garage... Mm-hmm. Um, and ran to the front door thinking- I would have gotten in the car and drove the fuck away. <laughs> well, she wanted to check on her I roommate. know, but like- <laughs> Get yourself out of there. So, Ugh. she got up from the garage and ran to the front door, um, mm-hmm. thinking that he would go back out the garage, because that was, like, oh, the entrance no. he had used. Um, so they ran into each other, right, as he was I leaving. I think I've heard this. And she was coming in. I've heard this one for mm-hmm. sure, at least a couple times. So he aimed the gun at her again, and oh, she was Jesus. like, you shot me once, isn't that enough? And he left. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard <laughs> he that He was one. like, alright, yeah. that's pretty oh solid reasoning. He was like, that's was pretty like, good logic. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and he was like, alright. I so, gotta go. Mm-hmm. Guess so I'll he, see you later. Yeah. What? <laughs> Which is like, she had two, like, million yeah. chances, like, Especially because right he waited to, to shoot her roommate until she, like, came. Mm-hmm. Well, a theory that one of the detectives had is in the Netflix documentary. He mm-hmm. had talked about this. Um, is he kind of realized that he preyed on fear. Yeah. And because she wasn't scared. He was like, oh, He was like, well, that. and that's why he waited for her to, like, come up behind the counter. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was like, he liked that. So if this girl wasn't scared, he was like, well, fuck that. Yeah. Like, I'll just leave. I, like, because you and I, have, like, are so into true crime, like, there are a lot of cases that don't really get to me. This is one that doesn't fail to get to me is Richard Ramirez. Because, mm-hmm. like, every single part of like is so like chilling it's just him wanting people to be afraid mm-hmm. and it and it worked <sighs> yeah that's the thing is no it worked. i hate it especially like with it, him preying on people at night when it's mm-hmm. dark and you can't see like when you're vulnerable when you're alone mm-hmm. when you're when it's... you think you're safe but you're not mm-hmm. and like when you think your house is secure but he gets in anyways like mm-hmm. that's the shit that's scary yeah and it's mm-hmm. like like, there's not a single true crime case that isn't, like, bad or isn't scary, but mm-hmm. this... Well, because you hear about cases where, you know, where 
we're now like in the 21st century and we learned a lot from like a big killing streak like in the 70s like when people would hitchhike a lot you're now realizing like oh maybe it's not a great idea to get into a stranger's car but like when stuff like this happens where it's totally just like random chance yeah that's what's so terrifying you know Especially when people, like, take every precaution to make sure that doesn't happen. Like, and they it lock still their happens. doors and they are inside, mm-hmm. sa- like, where you should be safe. And mm-hmm. then someone comes in and makes that unsafe. Yeah. It's like, terrifying. that's... Ugh. Yeah. So, Maria Hernandez, unfortunately, found her roommate dead inside the kitchen. Um, and police showed up on the scene and everything. Um, but then police got another call. Oh, my God. On the same day. Oh my god. Hold on. I just had to think about that time because he took nine months off. Mm-hmm. A couple and hours. And then. Jesus Christ. Two in one night. Mm hmm. Um. There's literally also no rhyme or reason of, the, like, with this man. Like, there was no way for someone to be like, he strikes every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I better, like, make sure my doors are locked. Mm hmm. It's just wherever. Yeah. Oh my god. So I'm. Not sure I'm going to pronounce this right, so I'm so sorry. I, this is a hard name. Um, so, Tsai Lian Yu. Sorry. Tsai Lian Yu. Something like that. Yeah. You, you were pretty close. I apologize. I have no idea how to um, pronounce it. Also known as Veronica, was heading home. She was driving home in Monterey Park. Um, she was born in Taiwan in 1955, and she was a 30-year-old student who was studying at the Art Center College of Design. I couldn't find a ton of information about her family, but that's, you know, what yeah. I could find. So, 40 minutes after the attempted double murder, Richard found her in her car. Not even an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh. He stopped her, dragged her from her car, and shot her. Oh my god. Uh-uh. So, it was uh, uh-uh. two murders and one attempted murder in, within an hour. Ooh, don't like. After not doing anything for nine months. And obviously, I'm sure there might have been cases where it's never been connected to him, but it was yeah. him. Um, so maybe he did do something in there. I would not be surprised, but like, whatsoever. What's confirmed is he was nine-month break. Yeah. Okay, so this still, is... Also, I find it odd that he's now using a gun. That's another thing with, with him, is he has no particular weapon that he uses. Huh. Everything's different every time. Yeah, because I was about to say he stabbed first two. Mm-hmm. And now... Supposedly he even stomped someone to death once. Oh is, like, my god. Oh my god. Which I haven't done my research on that part yet, but, like, there was no... There was no particular weapon or, like, really pattern at all for him. That's terrifying. So this is ten days later. We're now March 27th, 1985. Okay. So, married couple Vincent and Maxine Zazara were at their home of eight years when Richard Ramirez broke into their house. 64-year-old Vincent Charles Zazara was a retired investment counselor who owned a local pizza parlor. Um, He had two daughters, three sons, and four grandchildren from a previous marriage. Um, And his wife, 44-year-old Maxine Zazara, had one daughter from a previous marriage. So she was a choir member of the Trinity Baptist Church in their area and was a member of multiple volunteer organizations. They seem just like such nice people. people. Mm -hmm. Um, So... This is also assumed to be an attempted robbery. Okay. So, Richard entered the home and just shot Vincent, who was lying on the couch, immediately. Um, so he took Maxine to the bedroom and shot, stabbed, and sexually assaulted her. Oh my god. 
So this one, he's using both a gun and a knife. That's... Um, Everything about him and his, like, psychology. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't track. track. The only mm-hmm. thing that has tracked so far for me is that he brutalized the women more. Yes, that is one of his patterns. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Vincent's son theorizes now that when Richard entered the home, he was angered by the Bibles that were there. Oh. Because he was, like, he was a Satanist, Satanist. or at least what he said. Um, so he thought that because, you know, Maxine was, like, an avid member of the church and all this stuff, they had a lot of Bibles and stuff in their home that weren't, like, you know, they were, like, out, you know? Yeah. So, he, so he was, Vincent's son was, like, they he was probably, like, angry. Angry about that. Yeah, and that's why he went for it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Something I was just thinking about, um, with the first, the first confirmed, mm-hmm. not, uh, the child, but the 79-year-old, I wonder if he didn't choose to use a knife in that way for that first one because of his cousin Mike. Mm. Now that I'm thinking about it, because, like, the deca- near decapitation yeah, very closely mirrors what, like he, what he was knew. doing. Yeah. If it was one of the first ones, that might have been, like, well, this is how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, that was just a thought. So, one... This is an aspect of escalation. So, after he had finished killing Maxine, he also completely gouged her eyes out. Oh my god! <laughs> so, that's another step up. That's another thing I cannot handle is, mm-hmm. like, shit with the eyes. Ew. Yeah. Like, so I could watch... Like, I've watched... We both watched Fear Street, mm-hmm. and the there's, like, one scene where one of the characters gets, like, chopped apart by a bread slicer. Ugh. That's, like, I don't like that, uh-huh. but I could handle that. Shit with the eyes. I can't do it. Like, there's a episode of NCIS where someone's eyes are missing, I was like, oh, oh! No, I, oh, I can't oh. do shit with the eyes. No, it's... Um, but the, one of the responding officers to the scene had talked about it in detail on the stand. Oh, no. Um, I found a lot of good articles that were talking about, like, uh, you know, witness statements and everything, and he said there was, like, it was just a complete mess yeah. from her eyes, and there was, like, knife marks all around him and all this stuff, like, like a totally just terrible thing. <sighs> So they were found by a business acquaintance on the morning of March 29th in their home. So that was two days. That's crazy. I'm like holding my eyes. Guys. <laughs> no, literally. So this is um, a couple weeks later. Um, May 14th, 1984. So William, who also went as Bill Doy, and his life, wife, Lily Doy. Life. Wife. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're good. Um, they were in their home. So, 66-year-old Bill was a retired member of the army and had retired from his sales job that he had at the time of his murder. So, he was totally retired and they were just kind of living in their house. Um, I couldn't find a ton of information about Lily. Um, she was 56 and they both enjoyed spending time with their four-year-old grandson. Oh. So, Richard broke into the house and shot Bill Doy as well as beating him. So, he, like, oh. did both. Interesting. Um, he then sexually assaulted and beat Lily Doy, who survived her injuries. Oh! <gasps> So. Oh, I don't. Oh. <laughs> so, she she lived. I'm glad she survived, but I can't imagine like mm-hmm. like living after that and having to deal with everything that just happened. Yeah. So she described her attacker as a tall Hispanic man with bad teeth, like I said, and that was Ugh. started to His become a defining. His breath was rank. Oh, I dude, bet I, it was I know so it was. <laughs> like he was walking around and he would talk to someone and they'd be like, uh huh. <laughs> Like, you need to step back 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 a bit. Like, maybe cover your mouth when you talk. Like, yeah, 
No, literally. So Bad Tooth, like I said, became like a defining Ugh. characteristic by people who survived who told them about attackers. So this is 12 days later? No. 15. So like two weeks. Okay. You're gonna be sad by this one. Oh. So, 84-year-old no. Mabel Ma, as she liked to be called, Belle, and her 81-year-old sister, Florence Nettie Lang, lived together in Los Angeles. And I could not find a ton of information about them as people, no. but, like, from what I understood, they were just, like, the sweetest, nicest Two old, old women who, like, lived together. And I was like... That's no! So sad. That's so upsetting. And I could not find a ton of information about who they were as people, which was kind of frustrating. That's but. something that always, like, gets to me is when old people, like, I, like, I, it doesn't matter who it is, like, if you're killed, that's awful, but, mm -hmm. like, when old people are killed in such, like, a brutal way, it's like, they live that long just for you to be a dick. Right? Like. And take their life. Let them fucking live, alright? Like, like <laughs> let them live their best life. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, you asshole. Like, I'm just thinking about how, like, a year ago he had killed someone who was nine. And now these women oh are in God. their 80s. Like, the range is so That's... Weird. It just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, there um, has... The explanation has to be in his childhood. Because there's no way it's... This makes normal sense. Yeah. yeah. No. So Richard broke into their home and beat Mabel with a hammer that he had found. Um, and I'm pretty sure it came from, like, their house, which is, whenever people, it, mm -mm. it scares me. Like, that's no. so... Like, getting killed with something in your own home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. It's um, like the... Can't think of the name of it, but the axe murders in... Can't think of it. Oh, my God. It's the one that they visited, the house they visited. Yes, Velisca yes. axe murders, yes. I think. Yes, yes, I think yes. that's what it was. Uh, but because, like, they were axe. killed with their own axe. Mm -hmm. that, that, I'm pretty sure it's that yeah, case. It but, is. no, it, that shit like, that always shit scares me. that freaks me, me out. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. Um, so he beat Mabel with the hammer he had found, and then I had two different sources saying two different things. So he either shocked or choked her with an electrical cord. I'm not sure which one. He did. I don't like either of yeah, the not, options. Yeah, not, um, but he also sexually assaulted Florence Lang as well. Um, and then this is a bit of an escalation of, Delaney just pulled up a terrifying picture of this guy. I don't Ugh. like, don't like. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of an escalation, just so you know. Okay. So he beat Mabel and then sexually assaulted Florence. Um, and then he took her lipstick and drew a pentagram with lipstick on her leg as well as the walls. What? Which is like that's weird. Um, but then does he repeat that ever? From the ones that I've covered in this episode, no. But I know he does it later. Okay. So yes. Huh. Like at certain crime scenes, he would do more like the Satanist stereotype type of things. You know? I wonder if that wasn't his way of. I like. That doesn't. Nothing tracks here. Nothing. Because <laughs> I'm like... trying to make sense of it, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> Like, I would, if he were consistent with it, it would almost, like, be, like, a ritual, but if he's not consistent with it, the only other thing I could think of for maybe his reasoning is, like, oh, if I'm gonna get caught for this eventually, I can be, like, I'm insane. Mm -hmm. But, like, then his Or even be, like, maybe it that. was different people because then it's different MOs and things, like, yeah. not a consistent type. Yeah. But also, um, like, the way he, com like, does what he does, I don't feel like he was really thinking that through. True. So yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? It's it's just, it's so weird. Um, so both women were found two days later, alive. 
Oh my god. Um, unfortunately, Mabel later died in the hospital from her injuries, but Florence survived. That's which is, crazy. Yeah. And that seems to happen a lot with these cases, that one person will survive. And the, that sucks, though. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. That's, like, almost more emotional torture and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, this survivor's was, this was, guilt, like. This was a lot of, like, escalation from, like, kind of burglaries gone bad of, like, normal couples. Yeah. Like, because he had seen, we had seen that happen a couple times now, but, like. But now this, he's just kind of killing. Yeah. So, on May 30th, which is the next day. Oh my god. Um, 42-year-old Carol Kyle and her 11-year-old son lived together. I also could not find a lot of information about them. Um, Sucks. So, Richard broke into the house through the dog door. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Nope. Hell no. Um, I think what he did was he reached his arm up and then unlocked it through that. Like, he didn't just fit his whole body in there. Mm. But, like, mm. that's what he used. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. No, because if you have a dog door, invest in one of those little, like, covers you can put on and lock for the night. Yeah. Like, because then if someone tries to reach their hand through, they can't. Mm-hmm. And then when your dog needs to go out, you can, like, take it off. Mm-hmm. Or, like, when you're paying attention but to that it. But that day. scares me. But fucking lock your dog doors, too. <laughs> right? Like, <gasps> that fucking scares me. Yeah. So, he woke Carol up um, and pointed a gun at her son's head, warning her not to make any noise. So, he was like, if you say anything, I'll kill him. That's so... I would, like, like actually piss my pants. That would... Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, he handcuffed her son and put him in a closet, um, and then sexually assaulted Carol. And he also, like, after he was done raping her, he went and stole from the house, so he did do more of the burglarizing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, he kept saying, like, he didn't want her to look at him. And if she did, he'd cut her eyes out. Oh, That's what he would say. They took that detail from... Mm-hmm. This and put it in criminal lines too. Yeah. I'm like making all the little connections. <laughs> so he handcuffed the two together and left, leaving them both alive. Oh. So they both survived, and like without him doing anything necessarily, it wasn't like a he meant to kill them. Like this was just. That's. He's there's, so. There's no pattern. There's no, nothing that you can, put your finger on to be like this is. A consistent thing other than that he was more violent towards women yep yep there's there's nothing that's yeah that makes this case like so much worse too because mm-hmm. it's like you might have heard of this thing that's happening but you don't know when it could happen to you to or how it happen absolutely yeah so scary so this was um he went the entire month of june without doing anything what the fuck? So, keep in mind, this is, he had just done two in two days. So, like... And then, now it's... And as far else. as we know, he wasn't, like, arrested, or... Mm-mm. As far as I know, yeah. Um, Weird. So, this is July 2nd, 1985. Um, 75-year-old Mary Louise Cannon lived alone. Um, her husband, Daryl Cannon, was a horse trainer who died in 1983. Um, she had beat cancer twice... God damn! That's crazy. Um, she attended business school as a child, or not as a child, as a teenager, and she enjoyed needlepoint and spending time with her five granddaughters. Okay, I wasn't sure of how many children she had, but five granddaughters. So yeah, she She seems like a badass old lady. She was like, I I love her. Me too, very much. (laughs) So she was about to take a senior's trip to Australia. But she was really excited for her. Good for her. I know, right? I'm like, god damn. 
Um, and she was also really excited by her newly refurbished carpet. Like, she got Aww. really excited by that. Um, so on July 1st, she had gotten into a minor car accident and was driven home. And that night when she was sleeping, Richard broke into her house and no. stabbed her and slit her throat. No! A neighbor found her the next morning and then one of her sons had said the murder hit once he saw all, like, how much of a mess the house was. And he said the carpet was messed up. And he was like, my mom would have been upset by that. Because it was the new carpet. And that made me so sad. That makes me so sad. Because she was just excited to have new carpet. And I was like... You should just be able to be excited about having new carpet. No, literally. You should. <laughs> it's so sad. Ugh. Yeah. Makes me sad. That one was so sad. I, I mean, they all are, but, but like. like... <laughs> I know. So this is the last one I'll cover today. Oh, um, and then my we'll God. Cover... There are still so many more. Yeah. So then um, we'll cover the rest of them next episode. The other half. Not even like one or two that we can't fit into this episode. Yeah. Like, no. at least another ten more. Yeah. So. So. That tells you how much of a dick mm-hmm. he is. So, three days later, on July 5th, 1985, 16-year-old Whitney Bennett had just been out with her friends before returning home and going to sleep. Mm-mm. Um, Richard snuck in through her bedroom window. Uh-oh! <laughs> Hell no! Yeah. Hell no. Um, with a tire iron that he had brought and began beating her while she was sleeping. He quickly ran to the kitchen to find a knife, but I don't know why he couldn't find one. Um, so instead he tried to strangle her with a telephone cord. Uh-uh. Which is like, ugh. So while it was around Whitney's neck, the telephone cord sparked. Um, and he suddenly dropped her and ran out. Oh! So he, fuck? I guess, believed the spark was divine intervention, trying to save her. So he was like, alright, guess I gotta let her live. Gotta go! So he just, so he just left left her there and so her parents called the police because she was like yelling for them obviously um and whitney fully recovered after multiple cosmetic reconstructive surgeries and over 500 stitches to her head oh my god but he just he was just like all right well like guess that's my never son. mind he's so fucking like wild mm-hmm. well because we've seen instances where he leaves people alone like for a reason like you know the telephone cord or, like, when Maria Hernandez was, like, do you really have to do this again? But he also, like, left Carol, I forget her last name, um, and and her her son son just, Carol Kyle, and her son just, like, alive for not a particular reason. That's, he's- And then others he gouged eyes out, so it's like, what the, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, why is that there so much- and it's like you can definitely see traces of the stuff that had happened in his hi- childhood. Yeah. But also, it's not like a Consistent every single thing. thing is explainable. No. It's not the at only all like thing that. I could think that like maybe explains like literally unexplainable behavior would be like the injuries to his, his head. head. Yeah, because he could be like not a consistent person in yeah. general. Yeah. Well, because like frontal lobe has to do with decision making. Mm-hmm. And so if it his, could be the front of his like head that. got hit. Like, repeatedly. I definitely feel like that had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that he's this fucked and that the head injuries, like, were just like, oh, a little knock on the head, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. No! No, that was... Like, he definitely... That was not right. <laughs> he definitely got fucked up by that. Yeah. It's just, like, it's so tragic because there's 
so many people of so many di- like such a range. Yeah. Um, because he also didn't stick to a particular race because a lot of the time serial killers do that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times it's their own, but if it's more of like hate crime or something like that, it goes like different races. But this one was totally well, like, like Jeffrey Dahmer targeted black men. Mm-hmm. And this one was totally all over the place. That's. Dude. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't even know what to say about it, because it's just... Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. I literally hate Richard Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, this like, is this is one that I wasn't expecting you to stick with me as hard as it is, but... Oh, I knew it would. When you said you were doing Richard Ramirez, I was like, whoo! Well, because I thought I knew a decent amount, but I did not. Like... I don't know if I saw a documentary or what, but I... Like, I know quite a bit about this case mm-hmm. as Savannah was talking about it, and... It's still just, like, so shocking. Like, that's why I chose not to do this. It's just one, such a I'm... shocking, like... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. keep saying things at the same time. I don't know if you've noticed that, but... <laughs> Okay. The other day we said a sentence like in unison. Yeah. And it was a problem. We're together too much. Yeah. <laughs> True. But yeah, uh, so that is part one of Richard Ramirez. <laughs> We're not even done, guys! Yay! So look in the next week or two and part two should be out. Yeah. So. Whew! Yeah. I don't really know how we're gonna end this because it's just... Mm-hmm. Just rest in peace to all the victims that were affected and all the family members and all those who survived as well. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so fucked up. It's wild. <laughs> There's not much more to say than it's really fucked up. Lock so. your doors. Mm-hmm. Get a little thing to For lock your, your dog door. door. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't leave those bitches open. You mm-hmm. might be like, a body can't fit through there. A hand can. <laughs> <laughs> lock your windows. Lock your doors. Have a security system. Lock all that shit. Lock Keep yourself up. safe. <laughs> don't, like, walk places alone. That's the scary thing with him, is it doesn't really matter. I know, don't tell me that. <laughs> Keep that, yourself that, safe. That won't really change anything. Luckily, he's no longer out and about. He is dead now, so. Love. Fuck, fuck that guy. Fuck, fuck Richard Ramirez. Yeah. So. But we'll see you guys later for part two. Yeah. Alright, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye!